0: Oh. This is Unadvited Company, the podcast where we tell you ghost stories, urban legends, and all the spooky shit. Spooky shit. Today, the state of choice for my urban legend stories is New York, New York. Yeah, yeah, the Big Apple. I'm well, excited. I mean, it's not focused <clears throat> on New York City specifically, oh. but New York State. yeah. Oh, here we come, New York. Yes. I was just recently in New York, and so that was part of the inspiration for this. And a little tie from last week, Amityville was Long Island. Yes, it was. So. Yes, it was. It kind of little, nice little segue. Yeah. So that was the. I like that connection. Thought um, for this week. So today I'm going to tell you a couple of urban legends, like I usually do. One has a little bit of a historical connection to it. That is a possible explanation. Okay. And then the other is just for funsies. I'm going to start with one that has a little bit of a historical context to it. Okay. So this is Cropsey. Cropsey? Cropsy. I don't know why. Even the name sounds kind of creepy. Okay, uh, honestly, though, I can't tell you why. But for some reason, when you said Cropsy. It just reminded me of old Greg. Do you remember old Greg? Old Greg? Are you too young? Old Greg! Rachel, I just I got you pee? some, di- some Bailey's. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> no. what you're talking about. I'm going to introduce you to old Greg after okay. this episode. Well, our dad's name is Greg, so... Uh, no, it, okay. I'll, I'll show you after okay. this episode. Hopefully people listening have heard of old Greg. <laughs> um... I'm sure if I all like, pictures picture or something. Cropsey, you just, when I show you, you're going to look at him, and you're going to be like, oh, he looks like a Cropsey. Well, when I hear Cropsey, I think of, like, a homeless man dressed in um, the clothing of the chimney sweeps from Mary Poppins. Yes, old Greg. I'm telling That's you. That's old Greg. I'm telling you. He lives in a cave. <laughs> like, I'm telling you. Okay, so Cropsey is a legend that has become so popular amongst New Yorkers Stat- popular popular. I can't I can't not hear that word and think of more right now. It actually inspired a documentary in two thousand nine about the story. So I call him Cropsy, the Boogeyman of Staten Island. Ooh, ominous. So the legend first started floating around in the nineteen seventies. Oh, seventies another common theme from mm-hmm. last week. So the story goes. A mental patient escapee, known as Cropsy, had a hook for a hand. No last name, just Cropsy. Nope. Okay. <laughs> he had a hook for a hand, and he would kidnap children and bring them to a tunnel system under the ruins of the abandoned Sea View Hospital, which was a former tuber- tuberculosis sanitarium. Okay, you should just start that all over. I know. <laughs> you <were struggling>. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you got your little hook hand going. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would've helped me I thought it would help so me get through It was so not to point that out the really. abandoned system I, <laughs> I felt it the whole time oh, And man. I just I couldn't let go Let go, <laughs> okay. let go, get it out of here okay, I might start keep over. a little bit of it <laughs> So the story goes A mental patient escapee Known as Cropsy had a hook for a hand, and he would kidnap children and then bring them to a tunnel system that is underneath the ruins of an abandoned Seaview Hospital, which was a former tuberculosis sanitarium. So he just, he can, he kidnaps kids. He kidnapped children. Well, that's not pleasant. Yep. So, okay. Cropsey, the, origi- the OG Captain Hook. All right. Well, I mean, Peter Pan was released before the 70s, so...
1: Maybe. So he was mimicking
0: Captain Hook. He was... Yeah. He, he was a Captain Hook wannabe. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Don't know where the hook for a hand came from. That never came up in any of my research, so... Really? Very random. Huh. Did he hold a hook, or did he actually have a hook <clears throat> for hand? He had a hand? hook for a hand. Huh. I wonder if he cut off his own hand. No idea. I'm just gonna escalate that right there. So, there's also another version... That went around that stated he, again, was a patient who had escaped a mental asylum. However, after the death of his son, he became vengeful and a raging kidnapper. And so that was part of the motive between or motive behind kidnapping children was he just
1: lost his own.
0: I don't like that at all because you'd think that if you lose your own child, you're not going to do that to other parents. Yeah, so that was That's just rude. another version. So this was a popular story amongst children's summer camps, and a lot of counselors would tell the tale as a spooky campfire story and a tactic to keep the children from going off somewhere by themselves. Oh my gosh, okay, that reminds me of Colorado. Of the, the, what are they, the gremlins? Or the trolls. The trolls. Yes, our dad would, uh would tell us, I don't, we were young and he, or we have a cabin in Colorado and he would tell us that trolls, or he would find like little bones of squirrels and stuff like that and tell us that trolls lived in the woods and that if we went into the woods without an adult, that the trolls would get us. Yeah. Hey, it worked though. That tactic works. I never went on by myself. Yeah. Which sometimes you got to do what you got to do as a parent because kids be curious. Mm-hmm. So. They do. All right. They're sponges. They are. Is what mom would always call them. They it. are, 100%. So eventually, the Wall Street Journal actually covered the story of Cropsey and included remarks from Joshua Zeman, I think is how you pronounce his last name, who attended a summer camp in the Staten Island area as a kid. So he has some personal experiences hearing the story of Cropsey from his camp counselors. So he recalled the camp counselors leading them through the woods after campers would relentlessly request to go in there. They were so curious. Mm. And usually they'd have a counselor pop out holding an axe and scare them, pretending to be Cropsy to oh my gosh. Give them a little bit of a, a scare so they wouldn't go out. Hopefully these kids were old enough to... Not be scarred by that. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to go back. Oh, to camp. Oh, he talked about being scarred. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in the I wouldn't article, go back to camp. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But again, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to keep kids safe. But like, there should be a a better way to yeah. to not mentally. But if it's part of them. the culture of the area, you know, I guess. So. I guess it's just part of it. I Especially kids that. in like the 80s. You know, that's. I feel like campfire stories are popular, like spooky stories yeah. and ghost stories. I suppose. People I feel like kids don't do that anymore. That was like part of my childhood. Well, we're not kids anymore, so we wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, I babysit a lot of kids, and I don't feel like any of them do campfire stories. They're just not cool enough. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so <laughs> one summer camp version actually inspired a movie in nineteen eighty one called The Burning. So we got a documentary and then and we a got a movie. movie. Mm-hmm. So the movie follows the story of a man named George Cropsey. So they actually added oh, we got a name. Oh, a first name now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not the original legend, but... Because uh, Cropsy, I feel like, is a lot more iconic than having a first name associated. Absolutely. But George Cropsey in the movie was a former summer camp caretaker. And Ooh. he was horribly burned from a prank that had gone wrong. And oh, so... That's wicked. Yeah, he lurks around an upstate New York summer camp, hellbent on killing the teenagers responsible for his disfigurement. I can picture that. Uh I like just the way you said it. I can absolutely picture that in my mind. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a good movie. I would never watch it alone though. I'm not a scary movie person. (laughs) Funny enough. So the legend eventually became more and more relevant. When children actually started disappearing in the 1980s oh, no. in the Staten Island area. Yep. This Somebody is when he brought it gets, alive. Yeah, this is where it gets a little bit um, spookier because of the historical evidence with this. So, one of the victims, uh, sadly, was 12 year old Jennifer Schweitzer who had Down syndrome. Oh, no. So, her body was found after a search that lasted 35 days on Willowbrook State School grounds. So, Willowbrook State School was an institution for children with developmental disabilities. So, mm-hmm. it makes sense. She had Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So, she was nearby. And it was also near Seaview Hospital where the Cropsy Tale takes place. Okay. Because, remember, the children were taken mm-hmm. into tunnels underneath. Right. So people started pairing these disappearances with crop and blaming Cropsey. So did people start going and looking for tunnels under this hospital? Uh no. That's not where I'm taking this. Oh, okay, back up. <laughs> but, but yeah, I am, take, take I a couple I'm drawing t- large <laughs> conclusions right now. Yeah. So a little bit of um backstory to the institution itself of Willowbrook. So This is the this is the school for This is the developmental disability okay. school. It was already hell to begin with. It was a very eerie place because a lot of child abuse went on there. Mm. It was a common place for parents to dump children when they couldn't take care of them and foster children were often taken there. It had poor living conditions and a lot of overcrowding. So, so it was- a perfect place to just snatch up a child and, and potentially not, I they, guess so't realize because they weren't being taken care of anyway. That's so really terrible. So eventually the horrible conditions were exposed in an expose. Okay good. but it took 15 years for them to finally shut it down. Hmm. So it was exposed in 1972 and it didn't shut down until 1987. Oh my so it was exposed and then people knew about it. Yeah, oh, that's extremely frustrating. Eventually, the man that was convicted behind the tragedy of the disappearance of the 12-year-old, uh, Jennifer. Yeah, that was her name. So, they found somebody. So, that yes, they did convict someone. His name was Andre Rand, who was a former Willowbrook janitor. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. This, mm. He wasn't currently working there when all of this happened. But... He was homeless and had made a homemade tent on the Willowbrook grounds. Nobody just noticed him camping out? I I guess not. Man, the 80s were a different time. Yeah. So, not, that, not that I was alive or anything. I mean, I wasn't there. Another thing to think about with Andre Rand, or Andre, Andre, I think it would be Andre. It doesn't matter. He's a piece of shit, he, so it yeah, doesn't matter. He did have a record of crimes against him before this occurrence. He had a record of sexual assault in 1969, kidnapping a bus full of children from the YMCA and taking them to the airport in 1983. What? Yeah. The airport? I don't know what he was planning on doing, but he had those already on his record when it happened. So So Okay, so back up. So he had these on his record... And then was still allowed to be a janitor at a school? hmm ah. That just tells you how bad the conditions at the school were because they just didn't care. That's like so, making my temperature rise. It's making me so angry. He was also suspected to be involved with a lot of other miss- missing children cases from the area. These were five-year-old Alice Pereira, who disappeared in 1972... Holly Ann Hughes, who was seven and disappeared in 1981, and was actually last spotted with Rand on the day of her disappearance. 11-year-old Tiahese Tia Tia Jackson, I really hope, I don't know how to pronounce that name, who disappeared in 1983. Hank Gafforio, who was a mental Mentally disabled, 22-year-old, and was also last seen with Rand at a diner in 1984. To this day, none of those bodies have been found. Oh my gosh! They all disappeared. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh! This this is a real person. This actually happened. Mm -hmm, This is not that they're associating with Cropsy because of the legend. When he actually went to trial, the jury never reached a verdict of murder. As there wasn't enough evidence to link him to... Well, when there's no body, that's... It's very difficult to Well, there was one body, and it was 12-year-old Jennifer with Down syndrome. Okay. But there wasn't enough evidence to link him to her murder. So, he was only convicted of kidnapping and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Hmm. Then, it gets better, though. Okay. In 2004... One of his fellow inmates had conversations with him, and he was dumb enough to detail the kidnapping of Holly Ann Hughes to his inmate. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, when you're in the prison system,
1: you're everyone's gonna try and, trying to find yeah.
0: ways to cut down their sentence. Well, so, unless you've been... If you haven't been given a life sentence, or you you still have possibility of parole or something like that, I, absolutely, you can mm-hmm. give information. And so... He got this information from Rand and ran with it, literally. Mm-hmm. And Rand was convicted. He was sentenced to another 25 years. Okay, good. So, so he, he will not be up for <clears throat> parole until 2037. And at the time, at that time, if he's still alive, he'll be 93 years old. So he's basically serving life in prison. Good. That's that's absolutely horrible. He... he preyed on not only children, but it's, it's like a, not only children, but children who were in deplorable conditions and some mm-hmm. who had, who, you know, there's no way they could defend themselves, developmentally, developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm So they already can't really fend for themselves. And then this guy. He knew exactly up. the prey that he was going after. And the picture of him getting arrested, I think is the one I'll want to post for this. Because, I think he might have been a little bit insane. He literally has like drool coming out of his mouth as he's getting. He has like his hands behind his back, and they're taking him out. Here. I mean, you could easily fake that though, just to appear insane and get a lesser sentence, yeah. or get sentenced to a um, but mental institution. Something's going on. I don't know. It didn't look right. Oh. So is Andre Andre Rand Cropsy? So, what do you think? Okay. So wait, did the The Legend of Cropsey, did it come before or after him? It started in the 1970s. So, The Missing Children, one of the first ones that's mentioned was in 1972. Okay. And and The Legend of Cropsey started... In the 70s. We just know it's in in the 70s. In the 70s, yeah. I mean, Urban Legends, you never know, like, literally when the... The day it starts. Right, right. But that's... That's almost... That's more messed up if they based it on this real horrible monster. Like, and and it mm-hmm. was told as campfire stories. That's That makes me so angry. That's not a story that needs See, to be told. See, I don't told. think it was based off of him, because he wasn't convicted until later, so I don't think that they based it off okay, of Okay, I would hope not, because that's not something children need to be talking around about around a campfire about this. No, because then person. they would just say the legend of Andre Rand. You're right. You know. You're right. Yeah. Cropsey. 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 The most ri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say something about Beyonce because she's with the one name, but no, I'm not gonna say anything about that. My thing is, where did the hook for a hand come from? Oh, right. I forgot about that. It's so random. This man, Andre, didn't have- No. He wasn't missing a hand. He had all his appendages. He didn't have a baby hand? Nothing? The baby hand? like No Nemo going on. Like in Deadpool? Have you seen Deadpool? Yeah, Yeah. He has a baby hand. Oh. When he cuts his hand off and it grows back, it grows back a little baby hand. Oh. You can't see my gestures right now. I don't but like it's... I don't like superhero stuff. I think it's kind of dumb. Sorry. We are so different. <laughs> They're all we... the same. They literally all blend together. Well, I can't. I can't deal. At least we have this in common. Yeah. <laughs> As I scratched my head, <laughs> I was like, "Are you pointing to your hair? Because we I'm don't like... have the same haircut." Just had a little scratchy scratch up there.
1: <laughs> Cropsey, a little,
0: little itchy itch. Cropsey. Okay, I really wanna that... show you old Greg now because I'm just not gonna associate Cropsey with this <laughs> Okay, show me old heathen. Greg. I know what you're thinking. Here comes old Greg. He's a scale of manfish. You don't know me. You don't know what I got. That is wild. Cropsey, the OG old <laughs> Greg. <laughs> Alright, so now that you've seen old Greg, do you see why I uh A little bit. He yeah. looks like a Cropsy. <laughs> Creepy as hell. <laughs> Just, just not okay in the head, Cropsy. Yeah. Cropsey. I'm Cropsey. <laughs> That's what I imagine. I also think of the episode of Shit's Creek where Moira tries to dress poor when they're trying to get a good deal on a car. Cropsey. So, that was the legend of Cropsy. I don't like Cropsy. I don't like Andre. Nope. I don't ever Who want would? to think about that again. <laughs> now, we're gonna get into a fun little tale that you probably know because i know it's still august but it's virgo season now which is my season so i get to do what i want and that's introduction to fall buckle up witches means... <laughs> no buckle up witches buckle up witches <laughs> we're going to talk about <gasps> the legend of sleepy hollow Ooh. Wait. I was gonna do something there. It didn't work. we try again? <laughs> oh, like we did the, yeah. the thing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the legend of sleepy hollow. Hollow. Oh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm not Let's a just leave it to me. Okay. <laughs> I tried. I wanted to try something. It.
1: It, it you tried. It, I and failed.
0: You get a gold star okay, for thank it. Thank you. Okay. So, Sleepy Hollow. Legend of Sleepy Hollow was published in 1820 and was written by Washington Irving. So it's an oldie, but a goodie. Yeah. It takes place in Westchester County in New York. New York, New York. Yeah. In New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep saying your eye contact is so intense, right? (laughs) I'm very excited about Sleepy Hollow. I watched Sleepy Hollow, not the, not the show, but the movie. Yep, with Johnny Depp. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Every Halloween, okay. Put it in your back pocket. You got me excited. Put it in my back pocket. So, this is just gonna be a whole episode of you singing. Yes, (laughs) Westchester County, New York. It's in a Dutch settlement of Terrytown, in a little village. In a quiet village. There it is. Oh. Of Sleepy Hollow. Name that reference. It's a quiet village. Hamilton? Every day. Na, 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 na. Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Little town. Sorry. Okay, well, little village. It's also described as a grove of Ooh. Sleepy Hollow. The grove, the grove of that Sleepy sounds, Hollow. That sounds lovely. If you're not familiar already, then. You can listen in, and if you are familiar already, then... Listen in anyway. Keep listening, because I'm just going to tell you anyway. Yeah. So, Ichabod Crane yes. is our main character. Ichabod. He's described as a newcomer to the town. Who sees a baby and says, mm, he's an Ichabod? I'm Ica- going to name him Ica- Ichabod. Ichabod. It sounds like a reaction to seeing him for the first time. Ichabod. <sighs> Yeah, just like that. Or, ick. No, because that would just be followed by a (laughs) Bob. So he's, um, in the original Irving's version, he's a schoolmaster. Okay. And he's described as long and lanky, folks. Yeah. Just like yours truly, both of us. We are both very long and lanky. Long and lanky, so we love a main character that (laughs) is... Out of the ordinary. One of our own. Yes. So when he's getting to town and he's assessing the situation, he begins to Make develop. an assessment. Yep. <laughs> Make. Make an assessment. <laughs> he begins to develop. He makes an assessment on <laughs> Katrina. Yes, he does. And he decides he's crushing and he's crushing hard because she is an heiress because her father is. Very wealthy man. Mm, yes he is. So Ichabod is not he's very poor. He's very poor and he likes her. So he's thinking she's pretty and I really like her and she's rich. So then she could bring me out of poverty. We oh, love So so in this version did he just like her because she was Well, it was it was a motive. It was a motive. So okay. he liked her, but then he was also thinking about the benefits. He's thinking about As Ichabod. A whole. You know? You gotta think about Ichabod. Yep. Here's the thing, though. Tell me the thing. He's got some competition. Just like everybody else on the planet. With Abraham von Brunt, a.k.a. Brom Bones. Yep. I remember him from the movie. So, Mr. Brom Bones is basically like... I don't think he was called that in the movie, though. No. He's basically like the Gus, Gaston of the village. So, making references to Beauty and the Beast. There you <laughs> Again. go. I didn't even plan that. That just happened. So, he's, as the Gaston of the village, you know, he's like the local hero, whatever, just likable guy, but also kind of a douche because he's he himself. knows he's into himself and he knows that he could get Katrina if he wanted to. And so, you compare Gaston to... What's a long and lanky cartoon figure that we can compare? I don't know. I hear long and lanky and I think Slenderman. <laughs> Slenderman. Oh, here we go. The guy from Corpse Bride? Oh, yeah. the ma- Yeah. I don't remember him. the name. I don't oh, know his yeah, name he either. He was also played by Johnny Depp. Yeah. So, um, uh, another Tim Burton reference. Um, Yeah. So, the- I picture him versus Gaston. Who's going to win? Right. In in an average world not it's probably the not person. Ichabod crane so crane attends this fall harvest party where all the locals are attending including Katrina and Brom Bones and they decide to tell ghost stories throughout the evening because that's just because part that's of fun the, shit why not it's part of the tradition of the fall party at the end of the party he is an introvert and he's just not his social skills are not up to par and he does not end up with Katrina. I feel that so hard. Yeah. I'm an introvert to my core. He already made the effort oh. as what I would believe him to be an introvert to go to this party. And then yeah, he's putting himself. He's out only there. going there because he wants to get he wants to get with this girl and He wants Katrina to see him in a social setting. Sadly, that doesn't happen. So he leaves the party, and he's pretty bummed about it, and also a little spooked out by the ghost stories that they told that night, Aww. because he's going home alone, and obviously it's dark out, so he's like, well, this sucks. So as he's heading home, he encounters a figure on a horse, and in in the book, it's described in a way where it's probably Brom Bones playing a prank on him, because... Again, he's a douche. And the way that it's narrated, it's already, I'll get into this in a second, it's already kind of unreliable, an unreliable resource, the way that Irving decided to make the narrator tell the story. And so through Ichabod's eyes in the, he's already spooked out, he's already not in a great mood. It. Literally appears as though the horseman is throwing his head at him. Literally just like the movie. Whereas it was probably a pumpkin and Mm -hmm. Brom Bones was messing with him. Once this encounter happens, Crane disappears entirely. Never to be seen again. Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. And of course, when he disappears, Brom swoops in. And him and Katrina are to be married. Okay, this is so different from the movie. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. We actually had to read this in my U.S. history class, my junior year of high school. But I, um, that was a Sparks Notes moment. So I don't remember this. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I think that's the we, only way I got through. We that all class. have used Spark Notes at some point. I wonder. We if had that's to like... read so many books. I was like, I can't. I'm a slow reader. Like I, I have to repeat sentences because they make me think about something, and then. I'm thinking about that thing while I'm continuing to read rather than actually processing the information. So I'm, See, that happens to me when I read things that I'm not into. Yeah, so I, I'm not into things when I'm told I need to do them. Yes. <laughs> so, do you think spark notes are still a thing? Yeah, they are. I mean, I wasn't in high school that long ago. And I wonder if younger people, the younger generation listening is like, what's that?
1: Oh we'll yeah. Just no, note. I sparks
0: noted this shit all throughout that class. Good for you. Which is probably why it gotta be in that class. It was Better hard. Than I said. It was hard. So anyway, he was spooked out and here are the options. He either was so afraid of like the entire counter that he fled and was just like, Mm mm, I'm not I, dealing with this I would shit anymore. That. I'm getting out of here. Or there were some that believed and told the story that he was taken away by spirits into the night. Or, like, what if Brom got rid of them in that version? That is another...
1: That's he a wanted Katrina. He
0: saw another man trying to move in on yep. the girl he liked. Huh. So I decided to do a little backstory into the writing of the tale. Just Ooh. as a little extra pizzazz into this because it's probably some stuff you don't know i like pizzazz especially if you already really like the story of sleepy hollow so irving's narrator like i said before was actually an editor so it was the narrator and editor i'm putting in air quotes of the story and this narrator was called diedrich knickerbocker so already kind of a funky start. So this guy is narrating from Ichabod's point of view. So it's it's kind of like, uh, what's the word? Telephone, the game Telephone, mm-hmm. where it's like very unreliable information. So it's kind of meant to give a little bit of a whimsical vibe to the story because you know that's an interesting way to go about it through a book Mm -hmm. especially in the 1800s like he was way ahead of his time damn trying to get things to think about this being in the 1800s the legend was never supposed to have a black and white ending Uh it was it's all supposed to be about the the suspense of what actually happened was it actually a headless horseman was it brom bones we don't know we just know what it appeared to be from ichabod crane and Diedrich knickerbocker is just another guy passing down this legend generation after generation okay so that was the intention of making this narrator this kind of unreliable character yep fun fact i put in all caps We say that so often. (laughs) Yes. We like fun facts. This narrator actually inspired the nickname for people who lived in New York. So Knickerbockers were originally what people in New York were called. Oh, I didn't know that. Which later inspired the name for trousers, you know. Knickers. Knickerbockers. Oh. Which was then shortened to Knickers and is now what people call women's underwear. Knickers. Knickers. History with Erica, super fascinating. cool, fascinating. So Knickerbocker definitely doesn't seem like a reliable source. Even states the story was heard from someone else, given the reader, giving the reader the option to believe what they want. So the horseman was thought by locals to be the ghost of a Hessian. Is it he, Hessian? Hessian. That's what they Hessian? say in the movie. They, okay. They pronounce it like Hessian that. trooper. Which were um, Hessian troopers were German soldiers who served as auxiliaries to the British army during the American Revolutionary War. So Irving wasn't the first to ever mention a headless horseman. He was actually pretty behind in the game wow. of the headless horseman. Wow! Tales of, the he- of a ho- headless horseman actually date back to the Middle Ages. It's a pretty old people were creative yeah well, i mean yeah you think about the so, times too people are probably bored brothers grim mentions a figure similar to the headless horseman and then the dutch and the irish legend of Doolahan, or gon kyan which is a black clad usually a man horse rider an irish folklore which carries its severed head like a lantern and may be repelled by gold and then when it stops riding or calls out someone's name, someone will die. So that's the Irish legend of okay. So hear me headless out. Headless horseman. What if there was actually a headless horseman? What if this spirit Maybe. actually existed way back centuries ago, uh-huh. and that's what started all this? So here's here's another factoid that's coming your way. Sir Walter Scott's seventeen ninety six. So. 1820 was when Washington Irving's version came out. Sir Walter Scott's, in 1796, which was called The Chase, was a translation of the German poem The Wild Huntsman by Gottfried Berger. <laughs> <laughs> it has, like, the B the with the U, dots. with the it. dots. For some reason, when you said it like Berger. that, I was like, "It has, the, it, it's that U with the, with the dots. <laughs> I don't know dot. how I picked that up. Yeah, Burger <laughs> by Gott's, Gottfried Berger was likely based on North Norse North Norse mythology, so this is just like Hor- Headless Horseman is all over He's the place. He's everywhere. Yeah. So Irving had just met and actually became friends with Scott in 1817, three years prior to the publication mm. of Sleepy Hollow. So it's likely he might have been influenced by his mentor's work. And the poem is about a wicked hunter who's doomed to be hunted forever by evil and the dogs of hell as punishment for his crimes. So bet I bet Irving didn't credit that person. I don't know. I didn't (laughs) go that... I didn't go that... You're like... There's just too much to this. There's too much to unpack. Well, I already went a little bit further back, right. just from the origins of this, just because it goes back so far. Like a headless yeah, horseman—that's such a creepy no figure. Idea. And when you think of headless horseman, you always think of it like the Irish version, where they're holding the head like a yeah. lantern, almost and like a so curse to hold. Knowing their head. that it came from the Irish—that's pretty cool. Yeah, especially because we are Irish, just a little bit. <laughs> A little bit, yeah, just a little bit. Hmm. mm-hmm. According to the New York Historical Society, others believe Irving might have been inspired by an actual Hessian soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball during the Battle of the White Plains around the time Halloween was coming around in 1776 hmm. yeah, so another option. Wow. Another option where Irving could have drawn his inspiration from was while he was actually a teenager in the Tarrytown region. He moved there in 1798 to flee a yellow fever outbreak in New York City, according to the New York Historical Society. So he could have had some personal experiences... I don't know, maybe Terrytown is spooky and foggy like the Johnny Depp version right. portrays it as, you know. Speaking of the movie version, I'm Finally. just going to tell you the story that they that they cover, their version of it. If you haven't seen it. Yes. Which, if you haven't seen it, seen it this is going to be spoilers, because go, I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you about it, because it's actually pretty good. It's got a really good plot. Yeah, but if also, yeah, spoiler alert, but also, go watch it. Yeah. Because it's amazing. I recommend watching it in I October. Watch, well yeah, I watch a uh, one scary movie every single day in October. Yes. I already have my list that I'm really? drawing. Oh, Why yeah, am I, I, have, I have like three different lists and then I pick my the ones off of those just to have them all, you know, together. So anyway. That sums up you as a person. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, guys, it's Virgo season <laughs> and I said it's my season. So hint hint. I've got a birthday coming up. Happy yeah. birthday. That was good. Thank you. Good for you. I got real low there, even though you still have, like, a few weeks. <laughs> so. So. In Tim Burton's version starring Johnny Depp and Christina Ritchie. Johnny Depp obviously being Ichabod and Christina being Katrina. Correct. Ichabod. In this version is not a schoolmaster. He's basically, like, a forensic analyst of the time. I think it's set in 1799. Far, far back. I'm not sure. Yeah, I remember reading that. I didn't write it down. I don't know why I didn't, but I remember pretty clearly. Basically a forensic analyst, but at this time, they were not good at autopsies and anything having to do with murder and law and the law and examining crime scenes. Oh, no, literally things. one of the first scenes is, like, a body washes up, like, in the water, and they're like, oh, he must have drowned. Yeah. And, like, like, uh... There's, <laughs> there's other things to check out here, y'all. And they're like, yeah. nah. So he's ahead of his time, and the people of New York are tired of it. And I, I forget who, who exactly what his, like, actual job title is, but he's, like, one of the people in law enforcement. And you know, the judicial court and whatever. And he's just tired of Ichabod's shit. And he's like, this is too much. You're just, you're trying too hard. I need you to leave. And so he basically banishes Ichabod to Sleepy Hollow. So that's how he gets there in the movie. He goes to Sleepy Hollow where he's granted to do his thing there because they're already having issues and they need help because there's nothing happening from all these bodies coming. He's granted to do his thing in this new little town. I mean, it's not new, but new to him. And it won't disrupt things over there because they're already having a hard time. This little village of Sleepy Hollow, many people have been disappearing. And when their bodies are found, their heads are always missing, which is the interesting part. And Ichabod immediately takes to that and it's like i would nope right the hell out of that town no thank you yes i would see i would think that the town is cursed if all these bodies kept popping up headless Mm -mm. Yep. nope packing up my shit and i'm out bye super eerie all these headless bodies and they you know it's a tim burton movie there's all this it's foggy and like almost black and white Kind I of thing. So much. I, did a I did a project on him in, uh, in collage. While he's here trying to figure all this out, Katrina pops into the picture and is somewhat of a distraction. You're <laughs> rolling your eyes as you say that. I you don't like know. Katrina? I think she's overrated. <laughs> Anyways, I love Christina Ritchie though. I do too. So, Wednesday Adams. Katrina ends up being a little witchy. Because yes, she's she does. basically putting a protection spell on Ichabod. Um, while all these people are disappearing. We also have another theme of witch come into play when there's an old witch, you know, in a little what do you what would you call it? Uh like the hobbit looking hobbit hole kind of house. I don't know, I can't even think of a word for it, but I mean I know yeah. what you're talking about. So there's about. a witch. Yep, and she gives her eerie warnings and whatever. People keep disappearing. Ichabod's trying to find the connections between them. Then he he figures it out. He's finding out that all of them have somewhat of a connection to Katrina's stepmother. Dum-dum-dum. How is she doing this? Because she's got some alibis. Because it's supernatural. You find out. Dum-dum-dum. Plot twist. Yes, it's not a person just cutting off people's heads and murdering people he's actually dead y'all he's he's really a dead person what ends up happening is katrina's stepmother when she was just a child her and her sister who you find out is the witch in the hobbit hole her and her sister witnessed the headless, the headless Horseman, when he still was alive and had his head, he has these, like, creepy... What is it? Christopher Walken? Mm-hmm. Is who plays He's, him? like, he's shaved his teeth into... Um, into spikes. Like, of points, yeah. Yeah. He's creepy-looking, and they... Uh, other soldiers decapitate him. The Headless Horseman was a Hessian mercenary. He participated in the American Revolutionary War to satisfy his bloodlust. He was fleeing from American soldiers... So this is when the stepmother and her sister hide behind the tree and they watch the soldiers decapitate him and bury him next to his tree that becomes important in the, in the next part of the movie. So after Katrina's stepmother raises him from the dead to exact her revenge, we find out that Katrina is actually the next victim. But Ichabod is finding all of this out before the headless horseman is able to get to her. Crane catches her. They figure out what's happening and find out that he keeps coming back and killing all of the people that the stepmother is having on her list for him to do next. They find the skull, return it to the grave, and the horseman takes the stepmother in, into hell. So there's quite a few versions of that that I was not aware of. Yep. There's a lot of different origins as well. There's no set origin of actually where it came from, or where he got his in- inspiration from, but he was not the first. Ya basic. Basic. <laughs> but also, I mean, iconic also. I don't know. I would be frustrating if I was Irving's mentor, and he kind of got the idea from me. Yeah, I mean, he kind of he got the inspiration, but you can he didn't copy him in any way. He I never suppose not. copied people. Either I think way. the best part it was the um the Irish folklore with the imagery of holding the head. Yeah, cuz that's what I always have thought of yeah. like, when you hear Sleepy Hollow and the headless mm-hmm. horseman, you think of him holding well, actually no. I think of him holding like a pumpkin head. <laughs> that's what I think of. Yeah. That's kind of the Which is traditional, the, you know. It never—I don't think it ever clearly states that Brom Bones was holding a like pumpkin. A, a pumpkin, versus, it's like because a head. the entire narration is from Ichabod's point of view, and he says, "You know, the horseman threw his head at me." But you know, it's around Halloween, and it's people a got imaginations. Stories. They've got yeah. That makes me want to read the book now because I had no idea how different it was from the movie. It's hard to get through, <laughs> really. I mean, it's 1820, that language, I just, mm. it dries me out. I might <laughs> I attempt can't. it. I can't, it's so dry. It dries me out. It's dry. <laughs> that's dry. that's, that that's what I was meaning to say, but there's your little intro to spooky season which you know yep. technically hasn't started yet but like we're too freaking excited so we're just gonna throw lots of spooky stuff out there probably over the next couple of months yep I wanted to give you a basic synopsis of the movie but there's a lot of details that are involved that it's just a, is a great you just need to watch it intro um as the first day of October that would that would be what I'd suggest to oh, watch yeah. oh yeah that and it. then, if you want another Johnny Depp movie, go ahead and put Sweeney Todd on the list. I mean, it is a musical movie, but it is See, really now I cool. I can't watch Sweeney Todd. Really? I can't do it. I literally, I'm not even kidding you. I did not. This is not an exaggeration. I did not eat meat for like three months after watching Sweeney Todd because I could. The the meat pies, just the human meat pies. Mm. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, that messed with me mentally. I can't do that. Yeah, but. Either way, classic. you're welcome for this uh spooky season spooky season in it's coming august up real fast we might um we we mentioned last week that we might sprinkle in you know some some minis we're trying to figure out what we want to call them um but we might sprinkle in a couple you know here and there and I feel like spooky season is the perfect time fall is the perfect time to do quite a few of those um just because there's just there's so much to Halloween and like the origins and just yeah, we got mm-hmm. lots of stuff planned, y'all. I'm very excited. The good stuff is coming up. Yes, it is. I mean, we're already trying to bring you some interesting content, but more themed content, oh, yeah. should I say. Because who's coming love up to Halloween? In the Halloween is by far my favorite holiday and then Christmas, which is interesting because they're very conflicting. But yeah. Who doesn't love Halloween? Yep. I already have been adding to my fall oh yeah she's, like, she's pretty decor. much fully fully decorated out for fall or for not for halloween but for fall so yep <clears throat> so there you have it we've got cropsy and the legend of sleepy hollow Cropsey. stay tuned stay tuned we've got for lots good of, stuff coming yes, up lots of fun stuff coming up follow us on instagram um at uninvited company podcast you're gonna find lots of fun stuff there over the next couple of months because we're so excited and we can't contain ourselves also i'd like to thank all of our current followers because we're we're growing y'all yeah. we appreciate yeah. y'all so much um i'm excited yeah. every time i see a new follower i'm i'm always excited yes we're still i mean we're still very new at this and we're still we getting are. comfortable in the microphone so go follow us on the instagram stay tuned we'll and, see uh, you next week yeah hey hey guys Stay spooky! Stay spooky!